Peterson Financial Group is an independent financial services firm that helps people create retirement strategies every day using a variety of insurance and investment products to meet their specific goals. We are not permitted to offer and no statement made during the show shall constitute tax or legal advice. You should talk to a qualified professional before making any decisions about your personal situation. The information presented is not a solicitation for the purchase or sale of securities or investment strategies. We are not affiliated with the U.S. government or any governmental agency. Investment advisory services offered through Peterson Financial Group, Inc., a registered investment advisor. This is the Retirement Ready Podcast with President and Founder Eric Peterson of Peterson Financial Group, Iowa's retirement specialists with an office in West Des Moines. It's time to make sure that you're retirement ready. Let's talk about what's going on in the news. Unemployment obviously has been falling across the board for a couple of years, but it's actually been falling, interestingly, most quickly for less educated workers. The unemployment rate for workers under the age of 25 with less than a high school diploma is down to just over 5%. In other words, essentially what that means is the job market for Americans who didn't finish high school has never been better. So what do you take from this? Is education overrated? Is this just a temporary anomaly? What's going on here? Well, I don't think education's overrated. It's always been said the best investment you can make is in your own education. But I think it's how the economy has changed. We're, you know, a service-oriented economy now, but a lot of those jobs being filled are jobs kind of behind the scenes. You know, think of like a company like Amazon, right? Big retail service company. Well, who do you think is putting all those stuff in boxes and mailing them out? That's people. And so it's not a high-skilled job, so they probably don't need a college degree to do that. Also, uh, this thing called the gig economy, you know, driving for things like Uber or you know, doing small time jobs, you know, you hire just for a job and that's it. And so, you know, if you're good at something, you know, maybe you're a creative person or they need to hire you just for, you know, day labor or something like that. It's easy to get a job for a little bit while, and then you can always move on to another one. There's always kind of these gigs going on, but I think it's the college degrees that just because you go to college and get a four year degree doesn't mean that you're going to roll out of school and start making you know, six figures like everyone thinks they're going to. It also depends on what kind of degree you have. Interesting story. I was actually visiting my daughter over at University of Iowa. She's going there right now. She's on a biology track and uh, went there for a father-daughter thing. And so that night we decided to Uber to the event. So we're talking to the Uber driver and she had a doctorate. person driving our Uber had a doctorate degree, (laughs) but it was in library studies. So I'm like, to myself, I'm thinking, you just spent how many years in college racking up how much debt to get a doctorate in library? And, you know, what are you able to do with that? You know, you could work at the National Archives, maybe, or something like that. But that gets pretty specific. So I think some of the issues, so many people go into college and they don't have a a game plan about what degree they want to get. They just kind of get there and then they do general studies and they end up with maybe a degree in humanities or art history or something like that. And then they find out when they leave that that's not a marketable skill. You know, they didn't go for the hard sciences like accounting, economics, finance, business, marketing, you know, something like that, something that you can get out and actually use. And so that's probably why they're, they're struggling. I don't know. It's a really interesting take though. I had not heard that statistic, but that'd be my impression is that it's just, 
the gig economy and uh, the lower skilled laborers are, you know, needed right now. In fact, I'm going home in time from visiting my mom. She's in a nursing home. I was taking the road because I had the dog with me. I didn't want to take the highway. And so we're traveling down Delaware Avenue and every business that I went by had a help wanted sign for drivers. Every company needs drivers, drivers over the road or short distances. And so you think about that. You don't need a college degree to be a driver. You still have to be able to pass a driver's license and drug test and those kinds of things. So that's probably the reason why is that some of the jobs don't require it. And the people that went to college don't want to take those jobs because they want to pursue what they did their degree in. That's the only thing I can think of. But no, a college degree is not overrated, but you need a college degree in the right things, I think. Yeah, very interesting. So interesting to see how that all pans out. And you're right. There are a lot of people, a lot of people actually doing pretty well with things like Uber, where educated or not, it doesn't matter. They're actually making more money than they would have made with the job that they could have gotten with their college degree. So, Heck, I was thinking it would have, I would have loved it had when I was you know, 18, 19 years old, being able to have that technology and do that, you know, instead of, you know, going out and blowing my money, I could have driven for a couple of hours and they can make pretty good money, especially if they want to do it on the, you know, high peak times, Friday and Saturday nights, keep me out of trouble, make a little money. So yeah, I would love to have been able to have that back in the day. Yeah. Very interesting times that we're living in. Well, let's open up the mailbag, Eric, and see what folks have on their mind for you. Let's start with Jerry in West Des Moines, who says, We have two daughters in their mid-20s and will probably be paying for weddings for both of them soon. What's a good way to invest money for an expense like this? We'll probably need it relatively soon. We just don't know exactly when. Well, Jerry, this comes back to a adage, the difference between saving and investing. That's been blurred for many, many years. What you're trying to do is you're trying to save for your daughter's weddings. You're not trying to invest for them. You're trying to save for them. Saving is I'm going to put money away for something that I'm going to need at a particular time. And I need to make sure that money's going to be there. Okay. Down payment of a house, college education, wedding, something like that, that you need to know. I need to have this amount of money at this particular time. That's what saving is for investing involves what risk so if you're trying to only put maybe like a thousand dollars towards it and hoping that you pick the next you know hot stock or the next bitcoin and turn it into you know fifty thousand dollars well that would be investing or actually gambling so when you invest money you have to take risk with that money and so what would happen if you invested the money in, let's say just an s p 500 index fund and right when your daughter goes to get married or she's got all the plans, the market decides, for whatever reason, that it's going to you know, go down by 20%. Now you have 20% less money for that wedding. You know, how's your, how are you going to feel? How's your daughter going to feel? So if you have to have this money at a certain time, you need to make sure that money is there, then you're going to have to use the savings vehicles, which are going to be savings accounts, maybe some short-term CDs, something along that line. It's not going to pay a whole heck of a lot, but it's not going to have any risk. And... This is, I think, where people get blurred. They all think savings and investing is the same thing. They are totally different. Saving is a goal-based. I need to save for this particular money at this particular time. Investing is I'm willing to put this money away, hope it grows. I'm willing to take the fluctuations in it, but I know I'm not going to need it for a longer period of time, and so I'm willing to take those risks. So hopefully that was helpful, Jerry, but if you need to save it in a couple of years, I would just use what the bank or the credit union is offering you. Interesting. All right. How about Kate? Kate's in Johnston. 
And she says, I have a catch-22. I have some Apple stock that I really want to sell because I've made a lot of money over the years. But I'm worried about the tax bill I might create when I sell. So what's more important, capturing gains or keeping taxes low? Well, Kate, what's the alternative? You wait for Apple to go down, then you sell it so it creates less tax, but you also get less money. (laughs) So this is a huge catch-22. For people that invest in stocks and mutual funds and those types of things in taxable accounts, is that when they appreciate, you know, and you go to sell it, unfortunately, the tax man's going to be there wanting to collect his his share. Now, that has come down because long-term capital gains could be zero, depending on your tax bracket, could be 15 or could be 20. So it's not that bad. So you really just have to take a look, run your taxes, maybe pay your tax professional, you know, an hour of time to have them say, okay, based on this income that I have, if I sold this amount, if I sold this amount, how much taxes, and if I sold this amount, and maybe do it in chunks as opposed to doing it all. But, you know, there's nothing wrong with taking winnings off the table and getting 85% of something's better than getting, you know, 0% of it. So you may have to give up 15 or 20% of it on the federal side, and then some on the state side too. But yeah, you want to take those gains if you can. That's why growing money in tax-sheltered accounts sometimes is a little bit easier, especially when you want to sell something to capture those gains. You don't have to worry about the tax side of it. But never wrong taking gains. Just figure out what the tax may be, and you might be surprised. It might be a lot lower than you think. This is one of the new proposals too that they want to do where they want to increase your cost basis for inflation that's gets really complicated but i would just pay your uh, tax repair to run it for you and see what the uh, pain may be and then bite the bullet you have to pay a little bit to to unlock that value in that stock but yeah it's appreciated tremendously you may want to go ahead and take those winnings off the table again if you'd like some guidance on any of this reach out to eric 515-226-1500 is the number to call. You can also find them online at askericpeterson.com. And if you'd like to submit a question, as these folks have, you can do that online there as well. Just let us know what's on your mind, and we'll answer as many as we have time for on the show. One more in the mailbag for you today, Eric. We'll go to Alec, who's in Indianola. Alex says, our IRAs seem like they haven't made much money for the last two years. Is our broker just not paying attention to our accounts or what? Well, Alec, don't know because I don't know what your IRA is invested in. See, IRA is just an account. It's a type of taxed account. So it's a tax deferred account. What you hold in that IRA could be many types of different investments. So I'm not sure what investment that you're in because not all IRAs are the same. You could have an IRA that's owning a CD at the bank. And yes, that would not be very low in yield. You could have an IRA that holds a Apple stock and that's done tremendous. So depending on what it's holding, that would be you know more prevalent to answer this question. If your advisor has put you in something that was more conservative, conservative accounts have had a tough couple of years because interest rate fluctuations, you know, the decrease in the value of bonds, And the increase in stocks, and so you're not in stocks, has led people to say, well, why am I in these conservative accounts when the market's doing so well? So I don't know what risk tolerance you have or what risk-based accounts he puts you in or they put you in. Can't always assume it's a gentleman. So without that knowledge, I really can't make an educated or (laughs) an opinion. However, I would say that if they are lagging the market, you're probably in things that are more conservative. You're probably in more bonds and uh, maybe dividend paying stocks, those kinds of things, which have not performed as well as the market. And also, I don't know what you're really comparing it to. 
you know, some people feel that a 5% return over the last two years is poor compared to where the market's been. Well, it all depends on what kind of rate of return you need to make your plan work. So I would look back, call, have an appointment with your person and ask them, you know, some of the reasons that you're expressing here. If you'd like those answers, then come in and meet with us and we'll take a look at them and explain them to you. So love to meet you in person. But uh, yeah, your IRA can hold anything. It can hold stock. It can hold bonds. It can hold mutual funds. It can hold CDs. It can hold savings accounts. So I don't know what's in there to really make an educated response to this. You've been listening to the Retirement Ready Podcast. If you have questions about what you've heard on today's podcast and would like to schedule a complimentary retirement readiness review with Eric Peterson and the team at Peterson Financial Group, call now. 515-226-1500 is the number to dial. That's 515-226-1500. They are Iowa's retirement specialists and standing by to help you achieve your financial and retirement goals. Want to ask a question online? Visit the team at askericpeterson.com. Thanks for listening to the Retirement Ready Podcast, making sure that you're retirement ready. Peterson Financial Group is an independent financial services firm that helps people create retirement strategies every day using a variety of insurance and investment products to meet their specific goals. We are not permitted to offer and no statement made during this show shall constitute tax or legal advice. You should talk to a qualified professional before making any decisions about your personal situation. The information presented is not a solicitation for the purchase or sale of securities or investment strategies. We are not affiliated with the U.S. government or any governmental agency. Investing involves risk, including the loss of principal. No investment strategy can guarantee a profit or protect against loss in periods of declining values. Any references to protection benefits or lifetime income generally refer to fixed insurance products, never securities or investment products. Insurance and annuity product guarantees are backed by the financial strength and claims-paying ability of the issuing insurance company. Investment advisory services offered through Peterson Financial Group, Inc., a registered investment advisor.